All right, welcome to episode, I think this is episode 13, I'm not sure, of On Drums. My name is John Simeone. Today I have Brian Dunn, who's a drummer. I'm used to like not having drummers here. It should be called On Whatever You Play, this this podcast. So how you doing, Brian? I'm good, man. All right, I just before, I don't normally do this, but uh, Brian has a crazy resume. So I'm just going to read some of the people that he's been affiliated with. So I'm just going to start from what I highlighted here. So Average White Band, Patty Austin, Chuck Loeb, Alana Davis, Bobby Caldwell, Ariana Grande, Special Effects, Jeff Lorber, Michael Franks, Willie Colon, Bob James, Jay Beckenstein, Dave Samuels, Corey Glover, Kylie Minucci, Paul Jackson Jr., right? That's, I mean, that's a lot. That's not even all of them, right? And then you did some backing for Patti LaBelle, Chaka Khan, and Vogue, Sting, Michael Brecker, Randy Brecker, Bob James, Jessica Simpson, B.B. Winans, and there's way more, right? You're like a yeah. busy fucking guy, man. How do you? Yeah, a lot you... of that, but a lot of that stuff is is scenarios where I w- I'm a house drummer for an awards ceremony, you know, where, right? But you still shock is being or, right, okay. or Patti Labelle is being honored, and then we play a couple of songs with that artist, and it's that kind of thing. So it's it's. But you know, they're still like looking back on it. This fucking guy's killing it back there, right? I, I mean, they I are. So. Yeah, Maybe. They, have, they definitely are, right? I mean, that's that's a long resume, right? And you, how, how old are you? I'm fifty. I just turned fifty-three. Fifty-three. See, yeah. all right. So I did meet you then when you were. Is it possible? 14? 15? You were a kid. Yeah. Let me oh, just yeah. tell the story. Okay, this so this is how I met Brian Dunn. I met him at his brother's wedding, Kevin Dunn, who's also a drummer, and I have questions about that. Um, and our friend John Visconti introduced me to. Kevin, who was the groom, and he he, was, he happened to be, Brian happened to be walking up, and John said to me, this is Kevin, Kevin Dunn, he's a, he's a really good drummer, man, he's, a, he's, he's, you know, he's this, he's that, and he was, and as he was saying it, Brian walked up behind him, and he said, but this guy is killing drummer, man, he was like, you, you were like four foot two or something, I was like, what are you kidding, and then he, then you sat in, and as he was right, he was right, so that's, <laughs> that's how I met you, yeah, cool, cool. so, hey, yeah. so, so, just, the thing with because I want to talk about Kevin for a second. Two drummers in one house, right? Three, three. My brother John too. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. How how did that work, man? There was always there was. I mean, in the beginning, there was two drum sets set up in the basement, right? In the basement, yeah. yeah. The basement helps, you know. But yep. our, our parents were amazing. You know, the, the racket was insane. You know, no headphones either. By the way, <laughs> everything was played to loudspeakers. <laughs> so imagine how loud the stereo has to be. For young they, people to be smashing and the music is even louder. They they must have been saints, man. Your yeah, parents. Yeah. And, and let me ask you this, because we'll get. I'm going to get right back to that. But this is a story I heard from Tim Lawless. You know Tim Lawless, right? Yeah. Tim just passed away. Yeah. You know. Um, but Timmy always told this story about you guys, you and Kevin. Um, and and correct me if I'm wrong. This is this is the story. He's, I'm nervous. He's the t- <laughs> he said the the funniest story I ever heard about you guys was. Your, one of your parents, I think your dad, said to Kevin, Kevin, do me a favor, go downstairs and check on Brian because he's been playing the same thing over and over again. I think something's wrong with him. I don't know if that happened, but that would be that, yeah. I mean, I was doing that. Probably for sure. Kevin told Timmy the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I was one to do that. Yeah, I would go down. And, right, right. Yeah. So you actually put, put the time in when you were a kid, right? Yeah. I mean, I put more time in when I was. Just around, I was leaving high school. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I wasn't that serious before that because a lot of stuff came. I shouldn't say it came easy, but like when I was in sixth grade, I was 
putting on the Rush Hemispheres record. Right. Well, and practicing to that stuff, and I didn't know any better. And I had, because I had Kevin, you know, he got my hands together at a rel- relatively early age. I could read music, but his thing was always just drop the needle on the record and use your ears. Right. So I would do that. But it wasn't until. I was a senior in high school that I then I started then I went crazy with practicing, mm-hmm. especially my first couple of years in college. So that's you, so was that at that point you knew you were going to do this, right? Um, I guess I there was no plan, and yeah. I never actually made a conscious decision to say I'm going to make a living playing drums. Mm-hmm. Um, I just yeah. But you had to know that you were like you had something going on that other people didn't, right? I think yeah. I mean, I think when I was in high school. It seemed as though I could, you know, I could play. But like I said, I, I still wasn't really crazy about practicing. Right. It took, it, you know what it took for me? It took me getting my my butt being kicked by going into the city mm-hmm. and seeing uh, Zach Danziger play, actually. Oh. When I was a senior in high school. Wait, Zach, I, he, didn't he do... He did the Michelle Camille gig at that jo- point. After Joel? After Joel. Yeah. Yeah, probably in it, probably... In and around that he's time, he's like a red-haired guy or something. Yeah, yeah I remember yeah, him. Yeah, and he's about the same age as me. So imagine, imagine like I knew about Joel and Dave, of course, mm-hmm. right? But I, how do you know who who someone like Zach is? Especially when I was sixteen, he was the same age as me. Right. But I live out in the suburbs of Long Island, so I come into the city, and my brothers are like, "Let's go see Michelle Camilo," and we go to see this this band at McKell's, and here's McKell's, right? And here's a kid that's like me, only infinitely better <laughs> so when i saw that i was like oh my god that's a re- it's a turning point because it's like does it does it inspire you to get better or do, do you say oh my god this is like another level yeah and because he wasn't a great he wasn't he wasn't a great player for a 16 year old he was just simply a great player mm-hmm. so that's it took that to make me say whoa to get your you mean to get your ass kicked down. yeah it's funny yeah. here's something this is how this is how sheltered and behind i was I saw Michelle with with uh, Joel and Anthony Jackson, and Joel he lived in, you know New York upstate whatever wherever he was, and he'd say come to my house you sleep over and I'm doing a gig with Michelle Camille I'm like who the fuck is Michelle I don't know who that is he says but Anthony Jackson's playing and who that is he so I get there and at McKell's and I I'm it's at that point I realize Michelle is a man <laughs> I'm like where's Michelle. <laughs> Where's this chick, I, Michelle? I God, I, it didn't even <laughs> dawn on me Michelle was a guy, you know, uh, that seriously. And, wow. that, and speaking about getting your ass kicked, that happened to me. Like, I was the best, and you know, when I was a senior in high school, being a drummer kept me from like getting beat up because I was like the best drummer in the high school. And that was the thing that kept me alive. And I went from the best drummer in high school to the absolute shittiest drummer in t- in Connecticut when I went to school because like Joel was there, Dave was there. I didn't even I walked to the to the first the um, audition for the bands for the jazz band. I didn't even walk into the room. I looked through the little window. Dave was playing. There was about a f- four or five drummers behind him. Joel was one of them, and I was like, "There's no way." I just walked back to my room. I didn't even audition. And then the second semester. I was in the B band with Joel, so it was just three of us. It was just it was Dave in the A band and me and Joel in the B band. Yeah. So I guess I, in hindsight I should have, but I just got too scared. Man, these fucking guys are intimidating. I mean, <laughs> you think about it. It's like it's like Dave Weckl. You don't even he's not even Dave Weckl at that point. He is, but it, he was playing like that then. Sure. You know, like yeah. crazy. Anyway, getting back to you, man. So so 
the reason why I do this podcast is is because I think that the general public like looks at people like you and well, whatever people who play, big, who play big venues and they just like how did they get that gig you know like how did that happen and it's not about you you don't really get that gig you get the million gigs before that gig right so so yeah. how did how did it happen for you um <clears throat> man i don't it just just uh you started playing locally i guess right yeah i played locally I, again my brothers you know my brother kevin would would had the guts to just the confidence to put me on gigs to get me to sub talk people and saying use my brother mm-hmm. and so to sub for him and so club dates were first for me that was but i was doing i was doing club dates when i was 14 15 yeah. my father was driving me on the weekend yeah to my do dad club too dates. <laughs> so but th- it's a good it was a good uh it's it's good because it grounds you it, it makes you realize like in real life you have you have to play you have to create you got to think on your feet yeah a, especially to, on a club date yeah, yeah yeah and you're the you have to hold it down i mean it's yeah. a good lesson right out of the gate yep. in real life like you need to be if you're going to be the drummer there's people counting on you right? right um i mean unless obviously this is music that's not conversational straight ahead right but right. but, but yeah. generally speaking backbeat oriented music you have to hold that thing down and that seems to be changing nowadays too a little oh, bit we'll, i'm sure we'll yeah, get there we'll get to but that. but um <laughs> but yeah club dates and then in the club date world, there's so many great players that do it, and they're in and out. And then yeah. you just start meeting people. So I met Dave Mann that way, mm-hmm. um, and and I met, you know, just it kind of started with him, I guess, you know, and and then you meet different kinds of people though too. So I met, I'm, you know, an important person for me was Ted Kumpel, the oh, guitar Teddy, player, right? Ted's great, yeah. And and you know, Ted did club dates, but like Ted was wasn't living in that world right you know and he was a he's super creative and and he was tied into a whole other group of musicians that i would never have known living where i lived Mm -hmm. right so because of uh, an open mic that i went to he called me shortly after Mm -hmm. and then next thing i know i'm playing with tony Shear and andy middleton Mm -hmm. with gnome saint with ted's band oh yeah um and when you play with a band like that you know you play in some little east village club and now you're meeting other musicians right. that exist in that world. Right. So you wind up just living in all these different pockets of players. Right. And it just, one thing keeps leading to another. So what you're describing is like part of what I, because what, I, this is what I think. And I, people take this wrong when I say it, but I say it all the time. Long Island drummers, I want to say, they're like their own thing, you know, almost like separate. Like you, you, can, you have to break out of that, right? I mean, because... You know, Long Island. I'm, I don't. Know, this is the Long Island. Like the nowhere, nowhere else is there a Long Island. You know, there's no Idaho Drum Center. You know, there's Long Island Drum Center where guys go. I hate. I I love the store. I love Jerry. That I buy stuff there, but sometimes I go in there and I get trapped by some other drummer who wants to talk about what stick size you use and I mean, this. You know, and I'm. I just. I never could do that. You know, I. I just. Again, I don't. I always thought there was like a Long Island drummer mentality and then like a real drummer and the guys who crossed over like yourself, you mm-hmm. know, who like started here and that was a helpful thing yeah. and then realized that there's other stuff beyond where, yeah. you know, where we are. I mean, the, I guess the with that whole that whole scenario, there's a camaraderie that I guess drummers have. Yeah. So that's yeah. A, that's what's good. But you need you yeah you can't just live there. You gotta yeah. constantly be. Yeah, getting you out. get a lot of drummer friends. Yeah. I don't I don't really have. Yeah, uh, like, I mean, I, mean, I kind of do, but I one thing I've never gotten a lot of is gigs from drummers. 
And that's something that my brother, my my brother. Well, because I, who wants to put you on a gig? Because then, then nobody's going to want the like if I had <laughs> you suffer me, then they're not going to call me anymore. I mean, to me, there's some truth to that, man. I mean, there's the, truth well, to there's, that. There's a yeah. I think there are. There's the type of player that will wants to call a sub that's good enough for the gig, but not better but not, than them. Exactly. Right? But then I feel like I feel like I would rather get someone who's really great. Because you're really great, you know what I mean. Like you, you're all you're by yourself a great drummer. You know what I mean. Like who's going to be playing better than you? Really? I mean, think about it. Oh, who, I mean, who? I mean, I, see. Well, I mean, I, I guess I have a different perspective. You know? Um, I um, I just lost my train of thought because my phone rang. Uh, right, I, this happens to me all the time. Like I, I sub out a gig, and then I always wait. Like, you know, the I know it's like I'm supposed to be on the gig and I'm not. And I wait the next day if anybody calls me. If nobody calls me, that means the drummer was good. <laughs> and if I get the call, first thing is like, oh, man, we missed you last night. That means, all right, I got the right guy because they want me to come back. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so I would never, I'm like, I'm going to I'm gonna send Brian Dunn on a gig. Oh, yeah, no problem. Don't don't worry about it, man. You're good. And then nobody would ever like want to play with me again. You no, know, it's, no, <laughs> I know I'm exaggerating a little bit, but that's that's part of my, that's part of what probably what you experience you know you're you're a different kind of a brand or breed at, at this point anyway right mm. ah yeah um, yeah i know you're a modest guy i appreciate that yeah i mean <laughs> uh, but but you are you are you know and i have to tell you honestly there's a lot of drummers i hate i mean is i don't really like a lot of drummers i can't name you know certain guys who i listen to mm. But you know you're you're one of the guys I like, you know, which oh, is which you, is man. an extreme compliment because I usually listen to guys and I'm like, oh my god, please just stop, stop playing. <laughs> you, know? you know, my part of my gripe is like I think maybe it's because I'm weak at this. Like my weak suit is soloing, and then I think there are a lot of guys on Long Island who who that's what their strong suit is and that's what they do. They just solo, mm -hmm. which is a a weird thing for a drummer to yeah. concentrate on soloing before you actually get your your grooves down and your other stuff. I think it should be like a that should be the kind of the last thing, you know. Yeah. I mean, you should be able to do everything, honestly. Sure. But there are some guys I think who focus on on that more. Yeah, I guess it's enticing to once you start progressing technically, it's it's uh, it feed it, that part of your your yeah. soul gets fed. Right. But it's it's super dangerous I know yeah. and, and I, I hear it on my own stuff like I'm, I sometimes I listen to my like playing back tracks what I've stuff I'm playing on and I'm like oh my god it sounds like like a drummer who just like had too much caffeine or something like too many fills and you know so I do it I do it I'm criticizing myself as well is, uh -huh. is what I'm saying you know yeah 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 I mean that's that's for me that's the part what we were talking about earlier with my again because I was lucky enough to have brothers that or they're really great musicians like the whole word musician. Your, your brother, I know your brother Kevin is a really great drummer. He's a killing yeah. drummer, and and so is my brother John. They just they don't do it for a living. I didn't but, even know you had a brother yeah, John. Yeah, I, and I have four sisters too. I'm the youngest of oh seven. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! But yeah, but they something. were they were all fans of music, and like they, you know, they were. I had I had older people in my life when I was a teenager saying, "Don't worry about having four drummers in the in in the corner high fiving." each other for the fill you just did that lost the band mm -hmm. versus having a bass player or a guitar player turn around like yes yes yeah and that's what that's i had that kind of pummeled into me from when i was a kid right. and no matter how much facility i had or was able to achieve or attain um that never left me right 
I, I, and I'm so with you on that, man. Like there are times I'm on a gig and it's, again, it's the bass, usually the bass player who's making eye contact and, and there's something going on there that works. And then there are times I'm on a gig and the exact opposite is happening. And I'm like, where am I? Like I'm playing, you know, boom, bop, boom, bop, and it doesn't sound right, you know? And yeah. nobody cares. It doesn't, it's like- No one's not, listening. Like, nobody's listening. <laughs> That's the worst. That's the biggest culprit to me. If people, even m- m- mediocre level musicians, if they just listen, like right. really listen. Right. I'm not saying don't concentrate on what you're doing, but like almost, oh, you know what? Almost don't concentrate on what you're doing. Right. Just listen to everything that's going on. Yes. And you're going to partake in something that's much bigger. And then it's going to sound collectively just automatically will sound better. Yeah. The kind of vocabulary you vocabulary you choose to use, it's dictated by the tune. Yes. It's yes. simple. Yeah, and that and that to me makes perfect sense. And I don't know why it's not inherent in every person who's inspired to be a musician's sense. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't. Yeah. It, it like they're not. I shouldn't say recently, but I've been on gigs where the tune starts and everybody just is in their own thing. Like it's bizarre. It's yeah. like anti music. You know what I mean? And this yeah. is why I get pissed off because I was trying to explain this to somebody. I forget one of the people who did this show. Uh, like, I think you probably feel the same way. Like, music is almost like your, your child, right? It's inside of you, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, be, it's like you didn't... You said this to Joel. Yes. I remember you guys yeah. talking about this. And, I, and, and, <laughs> and, and, and there was an interview with Weckl and Dom Familaro that I, I watched, like, not too long ago, where Dave said, you know, I didn't choose drums. Drums chose me, right? So it's personal type of thing. And I agree with that. And then if you're on a bandstand with somebody who's like slaughtering the tune it's like somebody hitting your kid in front of you right i mean that's how, that's that's how i see it man oh, I, mean, man. I mean i know i'm like so over the top with this shit you know but <laughs> but it's it's just the way i feel you know it's like i want and when like i will play anywhere i'll fly anywhere and bring my drums and play for free if it's the right thing you know what i mean if it's yeah. like happening because yeah. it's inspiring yeah, I mean, you, you're very much like my brother in that regard. Like my brother, Ke- Ke- yeah. Kevin, yeah, because yeah. Kevin, if 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 it's if all the joy of it's going to get sucked out, what's the point? What am I doing? What is the point? So yeah, and it, yeah. it it's it soured him because he's a pretty deep musician. Yeah, at his core. So it's like if it's that if you if you're going to be miserable, then like if you love music, then like I'm going to step back now. Right. Right. So it's And that really should go for anything. I mean, even if you're just doing a bar or a wedding, I really feel like it's, you know, I I've, I've been in bands like club bay bands where this the musicians were all great and then they start we start you playing a tune right and the stuff starts to go somewhere and you know, people start reacting to each other playing and it's all oh, this is starting to go and it's it, you know, I feel like a little thing happened and and ultimately the club that leader would turn and go, Oh, whoa, let's bring it down, bring it down meaning stop grooving on this gig. This is a wedding. <laughs> I swear that's happened, man. That has happened yeah. on club dates. I've been, I've been on too many club dates. That's the problem. That really is the problem, man. I'm going to club date it out. I'm, I'm kind of glad it's behind me now. Yeah. So, so They're dangerous. Yeah. They, they, well, they are dangerous. They're, they're money makers. Yeah. You know, you sell your soul. It's like being in the mafia. But um, that's kind of where it ends, I think, you know, for club dates. So, so tell me about um, this, tell me about your, your, the shit you're doing. How you doing Daryl Hall now? Yeah. Yeah. It's really Hall and Oates, but but uh, is, lately is it's John Oates doing it. Yeah, I mean we haven't done a actual Hall and Oates gig in over a year, 
but like those guys have two separate careers. Do they? Uh, they, they, yeah, they always have too. They always have. I mean, if you if you, ever, if you look actually look at their records, it it, it never says Hall and Oates. It says Daryl Hall and John Oates oh. for a reason. Because even in the seventies, they were completely two separate entities That's that would come together to make these records. Huh? Yeah, because John has John's like a constantly writing songs, and same thing with Daryl. So, but now it just so happens that that John's doing his own thing, Daryl's doing his, his right. own thing, and Daryl is basically using the uses the same band. Right. Luckily for us. So, um, what's the the Daryl's house thing? That's just a venue, right? Well, now it's a venue, but it it, it and it's still a show. We have six episodes we just did. Oh. Well, we didn't just do, but they're about to be mm-hmm. uh, released. Um, but no, it used it started out as a TV show that was it was a webcast actually that was done in his house. And then his actual house. His actual house, yeah. And for I don't know, I think maybe for seven or eight years it was done in his house then he sold the house oh right then he bought the oh, wait he a bought minute. a club that used to be called the town crier okay. and now he calls it live from daryl's house it's as a it's a restaurant and live music venue and it happens to be where we record the tv show ever since okay you know what i remember seeing you at literally at his house i remember that now it was like a great room or something with there was a bunch of equipment in one big yeah. room right yeah. so how did you get that particular gig um Mostly because of it's a few things, but I used to play with the Average White Band, and I and, okay. and um, yeah, so Average White Band was before Darryl. before yeah before, and Average White Band was around two thousand, mm-hmm. and uh, and I was there for maybe almost six years, but at that point we opened for Hall and Oates, and T Bone Walk, who was the MD and bass player for Hall and Oates. Um, I I hung with him the night we opened for them, and he sat right behind me. He watched the whole set. And I knew that he liked me, right? Like, and and uh, and so, some time went went on, and I was always aware of T Bone just being a New Yorker. And um, he called me up one day, and he's like, "Sean, Sean Pelton couldn't make mm-hmm. a." Uh, oh, it was Sean Pelton? Sean Pelton was the drummer for <clears throat> Live from Daryl's House. Mm-hmm. Everybody else in the Hall and Oates band is that band, except for the drummer at the time, mm-hmm. because he lived in I think uh, Portland or something. So, Sean's a New York guy. He's T-Bone's guy. Mm-hmm. So it just made sense. And um, so he couldn't make a taping. T-Bone called me and I did it. And I, su- I so I subbed. And um, which was awesome that he remembered me. Mm-hmm. And there's a bass player that got me a gig, not a drummer. Yep. And uh, <laughs> he, uh, it went well. So I was fresh in Daryl's mind. Yeah. So I was, the st- I became the sub for the TV show only. And then shortly thereafter, the drummer for Hall & Oates couldn't make uh, a, a, a run or something, two week run or something, and I was fresh in his mind, and I wound up subbing on Hall and Oates, and then I knew that they dug me there, and then that turned into me being the sub for both gigs, the TV show and the Hall and Oates touring band. Okay, and then some time went by, and then they they just offered me both. So see that this is my point exactly, right? Even Sean Pelton gets you, and he's like. You take the gig. No, 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 no. I got. I will say this, and it's important. He, Daryl, loves the way Sean plays, as we all do. He's great. Um, and what happened with that was, once I was the Hall and Oates drummer, it put Daryl in a really, in my opinion, anyway, a really tough place because, in his mind, Live from Daryl's house is a completely separate entity. Right, but it just so happens that everybody in the Hall and Oates band happens to be in that in yeah. there, right? So that makes it so that how can I not have Brian be the drummer for the thing? Right. But the flip side of that is 
Well, Sean has nothing to do with Hall and & Oates, and he's the original drummer for Live from Daryl's House. Mm-hmm. How can I take it away from him? So what he did was he gave us both the gig, and we shared. If okay. There were, if, there were eight, if there were eight artists coming, Sean would do four, I would do four. Okay, that's cool. And then over time, it just eventually just started to make more sense to just give it to me. Right. But it, it had nothing to do with this. Right. Oh, no, no, so, it had something to do with drumming, right? I mean, it, it had to, I, I it don't, had to. I don't think so. I think really? it was just, I think it just made more sense since, since I'm in the band. I'm not saying I don't deserve See, to be there, I, but, but I, I it's, always it's, think, <laughs> I, I always say, I, I always think, like, people who have their, their act together, shit together, musically, um, would be the ones to do what you're saying, which is like, this makes me feel good and this is why this guy should be here. Not because he's like the appropriate sub because he's been subbed. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. you know, it's it's always like, for me, it's like the singer who turns around and goes, that, that, was, that felt good. You know, like I get a nod. You know, that it's like a feel thing, like you said, right? So you're yeah. playing, made that band feel or, or Daryl Hall feel right. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, because it, it, it does sound, it sounds right to me. You know, it's uh, the yeah. playing. I mean, the and, band, the band, the band is, is really great. Good. Yeah. yeah, everybody's such a pro, man. Everybody is. Uh, well, that helps. Everybody can do so much more. Yeah. And if you go to see the, if you see the band play, you you would think like you know you watch you watch the guitar player, Shane Terrio, and you like you think, you could think you'd be wrong, but you could think like that's his shit, that style of music, right. that's it. And it's like, man, there's so many layers to that onion. There's so oh, yeah. much stuff that guy can do, and. Which is makes him even better because he plays the gig he's on, right? And, and yeah, that's another you know, thing. So th- and, that's and another. same thing with the bass player and the, everybody in the band. Yeah. It's yeah. just you know. Well, those are the great guys, right? The guys yeah. who play for the gig. Someone like yeah. like John Robinson, you know, he just what is it about him? Man, he's like on everything, and he's you know he's not like a you know flashy drummer. He just sounds nope. right, you know. Yep. It's just guy. He's got that thing. You know, that's... I think you can tell when someone it's it's well it's like the difference between someone who decides I'm going to play less fills, so now I'm a pocket drummer, mm-hmm. and it's like man it it has almost nothing to do with how many fills you play actually it's like do you really mean it when right. you're playing the body of the tune exactly like every measure that goes by are you sinking in even harder you should be exhausted after the first four bars of any right. song you play right. Because that's how much of yourself you're putting into it. And then you're on your way to being a, what I would consider a pocket drummer. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So it's... So see, that whole mentality you're talking about is like, I think something that's kind of void in Long Island drummers. Not all... I'm not talking about all the Long Island drummers, if you're listening. I'm just talking about a, a few of you who are, you know, that, that way. You know what's guys? It's like, I was just telling... I don't know who I was telling this, but I, like, I hate Facebook. But I, of course, I go on. It's like a car accident, right? You have to watch it. You have to see it. So, <laughs> so I swear, I love these bands that put their entire act on, like their entire set is video on Facebook. So what I do is I scroll through and I, I stop. My stuff's muted. I don't hear anything on my phone. I stop at the at the video of whoever's playing, and I can just watch for like three seconds and know that this band sucks. Just by looking at them. And then there are times I, I scroll through and it looks like, okay, oh, these guys look like they're good. And I'm always right. I turn to buy them. Okay, they are. They're good. Oh, yep, they suck. You know, I can just by looking at them, man. It's bizarre. It's, it's like this thing I've, I can, like this talent I have now. I oh, can man. <laughs> I know, I'm like negative with this shit. But I can't help it. I'm like, you know, I've, I've had it. I'm at the end of my rope. 
Anyway, so um, <laughs> what was I going to ask you? Um, so the, the lead up to all this, you so you just basically on the road with like, I mean, these all these other people you backed up and you yeah. know kind of got you pushed in the right direction. Yeah, was it a, like, mostly on the road thing, or you know you? I mean, generally, I, it, I, most of my living is made from touring. Touring, but I've never, I never really, I I did most of my touring like right out of the gate, like going out with Alana Davis. You know, we'd go out for literally like a couple of months straight. Mm-hmm. Like I don't do that anymore. I haven't done that in years. I'm in a very unique situation where we never go away for more than you know three weeks is max. Three weeks. You know, and, and I mean, where you're where you're away from home. Where I'm away from home, yeah. So, which to me is beautiful. Yeah, I would, I would, I I love that. Yeah, I don't want to go away for four months and come home for ten days and go yeah. away for another six months. You like, can't. It's hard to be married and do that. I mean, yeah, and have a kid. It's yeah. like nah, nah. I mean, if it's life changing money, you have to then consider it. But I mean, I'm I'm happy doing this, and like I'm I'm a fan of too many different kinds of music. Yeah, so. I like to be doing different things. I don't want to just do one thing ever right. if I can help it. So that because because if you do, then that doesn't that kind of pigeonholes you in. And this is what I recall from. I hate going back to club dates, but like I always was just like doing club dates for money. And what happens is you, every band I was in was crazy busy, like 120 a year. Every every band since I'm 16. And what happens is nobody calls you anymore. Because I go, well, he's tied up with that, you yeah. know, and that it could be. I mean, the same idea, right? So I can't, you know, can't call um, yeah. Brian because he's 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 out with whomever all the time. Right? People I mean, think when you're on the road, yeah. I mean, but I keep the. I always I, I've always tried to grind when I'm home. I try to operate as if I don't like this gig. I can lose it tomorrow, and I can. Mm-hmm. Like my my phone was flashing. I could have lost my gig. <laughs> oh, sorry. I wouldn't know. Who knows, <laughs> right? So to me, I'm still going to play in clubs. Yeah, I don't care. And I'm going to play in clubs because, I li- first of all, I like playing in clubs. Right. I hate huge PA systems and giant arenas. Like, I'm I, with I you like on clubs. that. I'm with I want to hear. I want to hear the. I want to hear someone's bass amp and mm-hmm. the guitar amp mm-hmm. knocking my head off. Right. I'm okay with that. But and I feel like I have control over a room when I'm not the, the you know controlled by a sound man. You know right. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, and I like the intimacy of people like being like this. Yeah. You know. So it's it's. Uh, yeah, I mean, but I mean, the, the recording thing has something, been something I've always wanted to do a lot. Right. And that's why I, that's, and I have a, like, this is a great setup. I have a setup. You have like a setup this, in your house. It sounds I, yeah. great also. Is that yeah. your basement? It's um, my basement. Yeah. yeah. And the whole social media thing is like, again, I think I'm old enough. I think we're close enough in age to, to I think I can say this. Like, there's a certain age group where this whole thing feels weird to people like us. Yeah. Right. And I think it has to do with when, when, the way and when we were brought up part of it um and for younger people i can't you can't fault them because it's this is what they're they're growing up in so i can't say it's good or bad it's just it is what it is and i can't blame them for partaking in it but for me i i i was like when around pandemic um i had been doing remote drum sessions i'm doing it for 18 years now so i was doing it way before pandemic Mm -hmm. and 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 that's because of chuck Loeb. Um, and thank God he was he got me into this whole thing. But having said that, during the pandemic, I was like, I see all this posting going on, and I'm like, does anybody actually make money with this? It, right? And, yeah. And I decided, as an literally as an experiment, I'm like, I'm gonna try to do this. I'm gonna see if this can help my recording situation. I'm not gonna put. I'm not gonna use software that takes the drums away from a from a tune and play a drum solo over over a funk tune. I'm right. not gonna do that. Right, mm-hmm. 
but I am gonna I'm gonna if I have a session that's I think is worthy of putting it out there and 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 the artist is okay with an me actual putting session it, with an people actual right. session I've never put a single thing on there that's not an actual session right and and sometimes that's hard it's hard to do right I know especially for a drummer <laughs> yeah so <laughs> so for me and you got and sometimes you do great stuff that the artist is like well I don't want anybody to hear this yet yeah right so then and you have to honor that right but at the end of the day I tried it. And it actually, for me, a hundred percent works. Yeah. Well, and, because it sounds great, and the workflow is like awesome. Now. Yeah. But I'm not gonna lie. To this day, when I when I take that phone, by the way, I, I some people ha- will record themselves doing the session live, right? Yeah. And use that footage. I don't do that. I will do the session. Get this thing accepted. Oh, so you're not one? So no, not because putting, you, just, you record. You, yeah, you do the video after the fact. I'll go back and I'll do another take. Yeah, and it's just going to be you know 16 bars or something because it's not because I feel like I don't like unless of course part of the part of what I'm being paid for is to video myself and I've done that too. Right, but to me the artist deserves my my Your, concentration to be on right. their music yeah, not yes. on what i look like when i'm doing it right. so that i can use it on social media that's yeah. insane to yeah. me so i go back after they have they they have their stuff and it's been accepted then i'll show the people what i'm doing i guess right, right? and even that is like vomit inducing to me i feel <laughs> so awkward doing it but at least it works right so you you do the set the actual session no video and you maybe do punch-ins or whatever you fix some stuff if you have to and they send it off to the artist and then you redo it for the video's sake yeah after the fact yeah that's a great idea that's a really good idea because I feel like then they're getting they're, they're actually getting, getting all of me right whatever that is yeah. and and then I can still I can still utilize this session as something to help me to further my little business venture right. I guess well I'm glad that's working out for you man it, it really know, has you know. yeah I mean I did a couple of them over the pandemic that were just messing around with Billy Heller and um, you know Sam Powell bass player I know the name he's but... a great bass player we did a thing we did a trio me him and Tom Bowes. Nice. And Sam played everything except drums. <laughs> he's like a freak. He just plays oh everything, man. You know, he's playing guitar, he's playing bass, he's playing keyboard. He's, he's, he's crazy. I mean, he's he really is a talented guy. But like that was that was just born out of the pandemic to play. Yeah. You know? That was the only way we played. You know, I'm that's I, I don't remember who was telling me that oh, it was Joel. Like uh like everything got canceled. You know, so every, you know, he actually this. I don't know if I should tell us, but it doesn't matter. Um, he was telling me he was at a closing for, for his buying his new house in 2019, and as he's signing the house papers, the phone is going off like gig canceled, gig canceled, gig canceled. I was like, oh my god, Man. and that happened to everybody. Yeah, everybody was just. I mean, a lot of my friends did it do his full time, and they were out of work. You know. Yep. Yeah, so I mean, that was it was a tough time for musicians, man. Yeah, it, it was. It was. I was very fortunate in that I had those, the sessions coming in, but I had you know because of Hall and Oates, it was we we were they were paying into uh, um, uh, unemployment. Oh, so I was getting unemployment like full unemployment. Oh, that's as if cool. I had a nine to five job. That's cool. You know what I mean? They just do everything right. Yeah, they're awesome. That you're lucky with that, man. Yeah. So I mean, you guys. So your stuff was canceled, also. Everything, everything oh, was canceled, right? Everything was yeah. canceled. Yeah. And then here's another thing where I was happened to be lucky. They're a legacy act. They're huge, right? Right. So when 
when it looked like stuff was going to come back, who do you think promoters are going to put out yeah, there first? Them first. They're right. not going to put up startup acts. Yeah. They're going to put up the guaranteed commodity that people have money to pay to see those particular shows. Right. So, you know, as soon as people started to come back, we were, we were one of the bands that yeah. get to jump right back into work. That's so. that's great that worked out for you like that. That's yeah. that's very cool. So what um, is he doing? He's not. You said he's not doing big venues right now, or he's sort of doing big venues. We do we do anywhere from f- like fifteen hundred to I don't know five thousand. I mean, we just did we did Hyde Park in in England with Billy Joel, sixty five thousand people. Sixty five thousand. Yeah, that's a lot of people. Yeah, I mean it's crazy. That's great. Yeah. That's that's great, man. Yeah, what's what's that like playing for sixty five thousand people? I'd rather play in a club. <laughs> <laughs> but it's cool. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it is. It is. I yeah. mean, when you, yeah, when, but when when I'm, it's not, it's not like you know what it is. We're not lead singers, right? Right. I'm You're not really on the front of the there, stage, yeah. so I'm just kind of still. No matter what's in, out there, I'm still worried about the guys around me. Right. So it's I'm immune. To that that yeah see that's that's very cool that you can do that man a lot of guys get see I, this is what I, I get to under my skin also is get, these guys get caught up in themselves you know like it's they become whatever they they start to think more of themselves you know then <laughs> I mean uh, I mean we're all just humans right I mean it's it's this, it's the weirdest thing man that that there is you know it's like it's it's I hate to say it, it's like an ego thing I guess you know you know yeah. it, I guess it's cool having people come up to you and say whatever you know yeah that, you know yeah. and I'm not used to that at all because club day you do club days they people ignore you you're like a right. you know you're like a wallflower right but right, but right. since I've been doing clubs it's different it's kind of, it's kind of it's strange to me because you play and this is you know you experience this and then people stand there and watch you like other drummers I guess yeah you know, the guys with the Zildjian hat on you know who's 107 he's staring at me like he's gonna kill me you know I swear this happens and then of course you try I try like I see him staring and I try to get off the bandstand and he follows me you know it's like I, I'm not used to that man I'm just not you know, I swear the Zildjian hat <laughs> this actually happened to me on a gig and I was like oh my god this guy either loves me or wants to murder me and I still don't know which it was but he did attack me you know like uh, with you know like I'm a drummer too and I you know I play with whatever Woody Herman I don't you know like who knows I, you know I'm like I just want to go to the bathroom man you know? oh man yeah I mean it's I'm da- not used to that it's dangerous because some people are coming up and they're telling you how wonderful you are right which is it's a nice to be on the receiving end of that yep. but too much of that creates a monster yeah <laughs> or can yeah. right and then the other the but, but you've kind of got you, it seems to me like you've got that under control like you know you you understand where that's coming from and you don't you doesn't you know you don't get like egomaniac shit nah, from that you no know way. Yeah. I know too many people that are so great at what they do so like <laughs> yeah so you're like a yeah, humble guy I'm which worried I, about my wife and my son like <laughs> right of course it's like, I'm, it's like yeah it's, eh, I'm not worried yeah. about any of that but the, the other the flip side of that though is sometimes those compliments come and it's like Watch what you believe, because a lot of times the same guy that's coming up to you to tell you how wonderful you are, he was in the audience scratching his head like bewildered as to why does this guy have this gig? Yep. I can do this gig better. Again, that right? rings like, true. That rings true for a Long Island. <laughs> I hate to say it, man, but it does. Look, I, I did a gig. I swear this is the truth. It was must have been a I don't know where it was. Some club. I'm not going to say what club. Playing drums, and I notice a guy, you know, again staring at me from the bar, and he was very distinctive looking. I just remembered his look. So, okay, cool. But he didn't come up to me, which is great. So I did the gig, I get in my car, and now it's like two in the morning or some shit, and I'm sitting there just like exhausted because I'm 
fucking old and I shouldn't be doing gigs till two in the morning. So I just happened to go on Facebook, right? Of course, because that's what you do in your car where you're waiting for it to warm up. And this is like 2 a.m. I just left the club. There's a friend request from this guy who I recognize. Like, that's fucking spooky, man. That's just, isn't that weird? Is it that's just like, I was like, oh my God. That's just the, like, like what's the motive behind that you know like i don't and then and then i think for a little while i accepted the friend request and then it was like inundated with videos of him playing drums and you know like i was like oh god here we go you know like i i this is well this is really why this podcast was born out of me being pissed off at the the swath of society who buys an instrument and then claims that they're a musician, right? Yeah. I, you know, I, yeah. Bought, I bought a guitar, I play guitar. You know, you just you go get, to Santa. You, you get to record and put I, it out to the uh, world. Right, I'm a yeah, guitar player. It. I'm a guitar player because I have a guitar. That's just the way it is. You know, I mean, it gets, and there's, you can't tell who's who. Like, you know, I have people say, oh, this is my friend Joe. He plays drums. I, I don't Okay. Joe could be great or not. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, you know, you don't like work in a hospital as a surgeon and you meet another brain surgeon and go, oh, I wonder if he's a good brain surgeon, right? You know he is. <laughs> but with musicians, like, you don't know, you don't know what's going to happen, man. Yeah. It's just like the Wild it, it, West. It is, I don't know. Yeah, it's a little bit of the Wild West. It is. But I, I think that, I still think that somehow the, the cream rises. Mm-hmm. It makes it harder. Yes. You know, when it's, it, the world's become really tiny. Um, so there's going to be there's there's going to be imposters. Yeah. But I there's also a lot of people that get to be heard that people never knew would ever know about. Yes, that is the one thing I like which, about which is awesome. Facebook. Man, there's some people yeah. on there that that especially singers blow me away. Oh, I can, where is this? You know who is this person? Yeah. There's some this you know the 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 Italian guy. There's a guy who lives in Italy. The drummer who's like a like a heavy metal drummer. The guy that. Like flips the sticks. See, yeah, yeah. What's he, drinks his name? Co- he drinks coffee. He drinks coffee. <laughs> he plays with one hand. It's amazing. He plays with one hand faster than I can ever play with three hands. It's insane. Like, where did he come from? Like, it's just so bizarre. And and Joel sends me clips of that. Yeah, like, it's just human, it's almost funny. Yeah, it is almost funny. It's elevated humanity. These guys are. These guys. Are yeah. See, and I insane. think so, you and I are sort of the same generation. You're you're younger than me, but um, I, I think when you're born into like the exposure right if like because i didn't know what was out there i didn't there was no internet when i was a kid i was just practicing yeah. and i played in a stage band who knew you know but now you can go and google like you know whatever and see these guys and then it, i think it could raise the level it so raises the level yeah. especially that you can see it see it Me- right. can remember i remember putting on an al Jarreau record and to hear Steve Gadd Steve play Gadd. one of his little, one of his like snare drum hi hat, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. like yeah, yeah. roll thing, and like figuring that out, right, right, um, which is great for your ear, mm-hmm. but like that could have been figured out way, way faster easier, right. if I just saw it once for a second, right. Um, I don't know if one way is better than the other. It's just it is what it is, but it definitely helps it's a when, time, you, when it's you can time, see. When you can see it, it definitely helps for yeah. sure. Yeah, I um. The, the, here we go back to club days. The club eight band I was in in nineteen, I guess it's like seventy nine or something. Played. Let me see if I get this right. It, we played Liberty Devito's wedding at the Narragansett Inn, and Billy Joel was there. Um, and you know he was like he uh, just the way you are had just come out. I'm not sure what year that was, and you know 
It was Liberty's wedding, but as soon as Billy Joel came in, the people like all over him and stuff. It was kind of weird. And he sat in and he played just the way you are. And Liberty played drums. And I that was the like I saw Liberty do the brush thing, the one stick, one brush thing. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, that's what he's doing. Like I actually saw him do that at his own wedding. Yeah. And it you know, and like you said, it's it was like that's how I figured it out. It makes sense. I was like, because yeah. you're listening to it, I'm like, what the hell's going on in this record? You know, and but if you like you said, if you see it which I did, it makes a world of difference, you know? Yeah. And these guys now, the young musicians now, they can see anything. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one, one good thing about not seeing it, actually, is sometimes you you hear something and you think you're playing what's there, but you're playing a, a hybrid of it. Right. Because your ears steered you wrong. Mm-hmm. And now you've, now you're, now you have, you're, you have some vocabulary that's yours now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah, yeah I mean, at the end of the day, the world is smaller, so it's amazing that, people at a very young age can see you know like yeah. this guy that Joel sends you the videos of mm-hmm. he's that's freakishly talented right but if enough people see that that's that's going to be the new right. norm eventually right. where does it go from there i know i, I mean, mean the, the drums in general is always I, i've always felt this way like you, the the like how many people how many people how many saxophone players for instance physically are playing the horn that much better than Charlie Parker was 70 years ago. I, I get what you're saying, yeah. But with drums, I mean, maybe there are guys, it's right? Physical, yeah. But like now, with drums, what drummers can do, can you imagine, can you imagine uh, someone in 1970 seeing Chris Coleman play? No. This is, f- it's, f- it's it, not even, it can't, I have no words. Yeah. Like, what do you, how do you deal with that? Right, right. How do you deal <laughs> right? with that? It's crazy, right? <laughs> and he's not the only one, but it's like, it's amazing. Now, we can have an argument over, is it, is our, our drummers in particular better than guys then? And that's where my attitude completely changes. I don't yeah. know what better means either, but like, it's not about just what you can do. It's what you, what are your what are your choices? That, what right. choices are you making? Right. right. So that's that's a huge part of it. And sometimes when the 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 technical side of things gets so monstrous, then the choices some people are making to me are a little go a little bit in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I agree. So, with that. but man, the the instrument physically is still changing it's, it's, at a fast rate. It's, it's a crazy. physical, definitely a physical instrument. It's funny you should say that because I here's another peeve of mine. Um, like I. I have for some. I am very aware of what facility I have and don't have, but I lose all my facility when I have to play past a certain volume. Like sometimes I'm playing in a band and I'm like, it's like I just I can't. I can't. You guys, you win. You you beat me into submission. Yeah. I just can't. Yeah. I can't play. I can't even play a role anymore. Like it's just like smashing as loud as I can. Like I don't even. I don't get that. I think guys who can do that are, are way better drummers than me. Like because there are guys that can play like that guy. Yeah, that, Chris. That metal guy. How? How? Well, Chris Coleman is a perfect example of that. Yeah, such power with all, all that this facility. Yeah, finesse. Yeah, but big sounding. Like there was a time I remember, like in the eighties and nineties, a lot of metal drummers. It got to the point where they were incre- playing with incredible speed. But then when I started to realize they were barely moving. Yeah, they're not hitting the drums. Right, like that that, that Italian guy. He doesn't, now, he doesn't move at all. Some of these gospel drummers are playing from here. And they're doing all that right. as well. Right. So it's like, whoa, it's crazy. Did you, see, did you ever see the drummer video of the guy who's, uh, it's, like, it's like famous now. He was playing, uh, you know, I guess he was playing, the guy who was throwing his sticks up in the air. And then, yeah, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> that guy. 
plain sharp dressed man. That's the one, sharp dressed man. Yeah, like what? What? Like that? Twenty years ago, that would not exist. They wouldn't know that guy. They would think that guy was insane. The people yeah. at that gig would say, "This guy's just out of his mind." Yeah. Right? Go lock him up. And now he's a phenomenon. That guy. <laughs> oh man, that guy was on an episode of. You ever uh, see The Office? Yeah. There was an episode where they where they joined, they formed a little office band, and he's the drummer. Really? Yeah. It's like, oh my god, there he is. <laughs> oh my god, man, yeah. crazy, crazy, it's crazy, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, for me, I will. T- I'll tell you this. At the end of the day, I mean, I was lucky enough to have brothers that play drums, but probably the some of the best advice I ever got playing for this stuff has been from non drummers, like having a yeah. bass having a bass player that really knows what they're doing and what they're talking about turn around and say mm, that that's what you're doing there it's like yeah. everything you're doing is right but you know what it's all wrong yeah, it's not working yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah and like you know like playing you know playing playing like something that was of the time anyway like a little R&B maybe a little touch of hip hop playing a groove and you, you you learning a song for a club date and you listen to it and then if you know, say the kick and the snare part is like boom, pat, doom, pat, doom, like that, right? Yep. And you hear eighth notes on the hi hat. And here's where 99% of people are going to get this wrong. They're going to play that beat and they're going to get the kick drum right and they're going to get the snare drum right. They're going to play eighth notes, but that's where the problem is, right? Because they're going to do this. Right. Because we're taught to play musical. Right, right. It's like, yep. it has. I think I know, do that. <laughs> on that record, yeah, yeah. on that record, if we actually listen to really what's there, there's zero dynamics and it's. Right. So if you don't do that, then that flavor is gone. Right. And any bass player worth his salt is going to feel like, whoa, that doesn't feel right. Right. And a drum, like a drum teacher is not going to show you that. Yeah. Necessarily. Some yeah. will, if you're lucky. Yeah. Yeah, because so, you can't teach that kind of in- intuitive drumming or musicianship i think i don't i don't you know you that's i guess that's like a thing that's like you said it's like a, it's almost cerebral the way you have to approach the playing part of this i mean it's like you really have to you know think like what you just said you have to have to kind of like analyze it but it's got to come out right you know yeah you have to be able to you have to be able to identify what is it about the flavor of it not the part and sometimes it means take taking the musicality out of it mm-hmm. because maybe the guy who programmed that doesn't ha- isn't even a drummer yeah right yeah. and if you don't you have to be, you have to have the ear to hear that and have the guts to say okay yep my drum teacher would shoot me right now but this is what this is so <laughs> yeah. that's what i'm going to do and yeah. then voila all of a sudden yeah. you're funky yep so for you it's the ba- it's it, is it the bass player like that's kind of like the, the key musician in the bands hard to say for me sometimes it, it is no, sometimes it's now it, it goes around yeah yeah when you i mean if you know how often do you do you play in a band where the singers it's like you're basically a human karaoke machine like they're out front and you're back there oh, yeah. right and the only time they look at you is to tell you to pick it up right because right? that's that fixes all problems in musical life play faster right wait <laughs> this, is I get, this is this is and i have an awesome story for you about okay this okay okay but go ahead when Go ahead. You, sometimes, if when you're lucky, you come around, you, you get around singers that they base everything they're doing on what you're doing, and now you're talking about a real musician and a real singer. Right. And when you're lucky enough to be around those, it's awesome. Right. So it's anybody. And yeah. I have been around those those, but yeah. for the most part, I always get the guy or girl, whatever. This this gets up my ass, man. I got to tell you, this this is makes me want to quit music altogether on a gig, and and like you're a sub, I'm almost always a sub. It's like, all right, we're gonna do blah blah blah. 
count it off. And I'm like, I don't, I've, I'm subbing, man. Can somebody just count it off for me? No, no, no. You know the zoom. Go ahead, count it off. Okay, one, two, three, four. Boom. Bop. No, no, no. Speed it up. Like what? Why can't you just count off your own tune? Why? If you think it should be faster, why can't you just count it? This is what I get all the time, and I want to shoot somebody, man. I swear to God, I swear to God. You know, it's like, or or, or like, if it's not grooving or something, like you said, pick it up. Just play faster. You know, like ultimate white guy. Just just play fast as you can and then that'll make it groove of course you know <laughs> I swear I've been in all these these situations that, you know I, I uh, whatever I've, you, I'm sure you've been in less because you're in, in a different circuit you know that, that probably happens less in your circuit right? yeah I mean but I've done thousands of club dates so <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah I mean it's we're really it's, bashing club dates today yeah right? I know I mean hey man I did a club date I did a club date on Saturday night with an awesome band, yeah. great musicians. So there are some guys. Uh, Jay Prince does that. He hires all players. Mm-hmm. They everybody plays, you know, which is a it's a rarity. I think Greg Schleich's band also. Mm-hmm. They they hire guys. Most people, eh, you know, like the the way I started this this whole thing with was the first podcast I did was talking about like I you know four years of five years of college practicing incessantly listening to people learning getting te- technique down studying steve gad right and then there i am in a tuxedo in the huntington townhouse elevated next to an open vat of sauce with my drums <laughs> like how this shit you know man I, it's like this cost me like sixty thousand to get this degree and all this time and here i am next to like this you know veal parmesan going up the elevator <laughs> it's like it's just not it's not funny it's like it's just a like who else could say that you know i mean you pull this time in you know and and you wind up like that you know it's and even the best guys yeah you know it could have it can happen to you know it's yeah like, yeah yeah you know i i mean um you you must have had some shitty gig going on i mean now you're doing great gigs right yeah but you must have had a bunch of shit going up right or Absolutely. some at least yeah yeah it's yeah. still still peppered in there here and there now yeah. too of course yeah. i mean it's it's just you know I, i'm 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 fully invested though so it's yeah my and my to- i have a i think i have a, to- a pretty good tolerance for for you know if something is if 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 something you is can bad, you can roll it uh, yeah i can yeah. roll with it I, i'm I, i'll look for, i'll try to find some redeeming goodness in what's going on at the, yeah. at the moment and be cool with it yeah you know there there are times i mean i have i'm surprised on every gig so like I, sometimes i have to gig i'm like oh man this is gonna suck and i get there and it's like wow this, this felt pretty good it was good mm-hmm. and then sometimes the opposite i'm like oh i can't i'm getting psyched this and i get there and like it's just a disaster yeah. for whatever reason i mean it's not you know it's it's such a like this is such a weird thing being a musician is not it's so vague almost you know what I mean like yeah it's it, there's so many different levels of it like no there's no other like as I always say there's no other career where you're exposed to so many different levels of what you do yeah. right and and you really don't know until you hear or play with the person yeah yeah, yeah. I mean the the thing is it's also like someone you mentioned someone before I forget who it was that said it chooses chooses you I mean it, it was Wackle who said it, that it definitely does because no one in their right mind would take a look at this how this whole thing is right. and decide okay that's what I'm gonna do yeah. that's crazy Dave was pretty adamant about it I remember him being like that always like personally I mean he's he's like you know I'm sort of outspoken about how I feel about this and he's he's outspoken too he's like look man if this is not happening for you like if you're not if you're not experiencing this correctly or you're not achieving what you want or you're not it doesn't feel right to other people around you, you just move on 
You know, this is yeah. not for you. You know, it's like he, you know, he's real. He's like the consummate drummer in that. He, he he's got every aspect of it covered, even tuning the drums and <laughs> buying the drum, everything. You know, he he just always had everything together. He's super right? thoughtful. He is. It's pretty awesome. He, he is. He always yeah. He's like he was born. Like you said, he was born. For this, yeah. he was. I mean, we should all be that way. If you if you're gonna do something, it's, do, it's it to hard. You, do it to the best of your you, ability. You know, that's the other thing. I I believe you. You pl- everybody plays their personality, right? So, um, I I play my. I'm like I'm like a Gemini. So I'm like, some days I'm great. <laughs> some days I suck. You know, I mean, it, that, that's reflected <laughs> in my playing. I think you know. Let's uh, ignore that. <laughs> um. But but like you know, Joel plays his per, plays his personality. He's a Joel's like an easygoing guy. He plays great, but he's not as um, I choose my words here. He's he's uh, he is different. You know, he, he it's like he sounds different because his personality is different. Is different. Sure. That, that's what I believe. You know, I you know uh, totally, totally. I mean, for, I know for me, I try to be a nice guy, and 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 I'm I I've always tried to be a like a team player. I mean with music I feel like it has to be that way right yeah. mm-hmm. um, and I don't feel like I play I'm not a, you generally playing an instrument that I view as a it's not a solo instrument it's I'm there to 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 to, to, to right. create a time feel right. and exactly. move things along and if I have my moments to step out great and if I'm, I, I can put my flavor on things per, that's great um, but I'm a I want I'm a supporter first right among other things, right. but one thing that over over time that I definitely have gotten from, and I got this from other players around me, is especially with certain kinds of music, but generally in anything, when you're the drummer, it's like, man, you are driving the bus. Yeah. And if you don't, if you don't have that attitude, like I'm, I'm uh, like everybody, check it. Hello, everybody. This is where it's at. Right. And you have to believe right. it. If you don't believe it, even if you're good, you're an impo- You're still an imposter. Right. If you really have to right, a good it. a good drummer can make or break a situation. Yeah. Yep. I happen to feel personally, uh, to me, like a bass player is extremely important too because I don't know. I've heard a lot of good records with just a drum machine playing and a bass player is just pushing his push like BB Winans. His stuff is like drum machine man, and he's got you know who um who plays bass on his stuff. I don't know. Uh, Any bass player on a Winans record is going to be yeah, great. I mean, and, and they're killing it, right? They're, they're, they're making a drum machine work. You know, and it's not, it's oh, just yeah. not even, it's like a bass. Michelle and Cello's record, Plantation Lullabies, that's most mostly programmed. Yeah. That's and like some of the funkiest killing. stuff right. ever. Yeah, so so to me, you could get by with a, with like a mediocre drum, or not mediocre, a, a fair drummer and a great bass player. That's me. I don't know. You know, I I do know a bad drummer can wreck a gig, though. Oh yeah, I've seen it happen. You know. Yeah. I, I mean, a- yeah. The the thing about like with with humans playing, like if the drummer's really on point, the bass player is even going to be better. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's like you know, exactly a great bass player is going to shine with the drum machine because the drum machine is perfect. Right. And now they're they're and and they're gonna just make it even better right? because that's right. going to be that human element but mm-hmm. if you have a, a guy or a girl playing drums at that level then the, then it's even better it's right. like you know yeah. cool that's good stuff man <laughs> <laughs> yeah it does that was great great stories man so I I think we have to wrap it up because it's it's an hour um, but I appreciate you coming in it was great great oh, stories like you know cool, man. I'm, I'm very cool you did this It's people are going to appreciate it and they're going to comment and they're going to Brian's great. I heard him play. 
two weeks ago in like, <laughs> San Francisco, whatever. You know. But thanks a lot, man. Cool. Thanks right. for having me, man. Cool.